0: Hey Magic fans, Dante Marcatelli here from the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida. You're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Paul, Garrett, and Mikey. Go Magic!
1: What's up, Magic fans, and welcome to Orlando Magic UK's podcast, Penny, for your thoughts. Uh, Today is Wednesday the 22nd of September. Uh, As we continue on the season preview, we're going to be joined by uh, two more fan account um, members uh, in the Hornets and the Celtics. We'll get to them shortly. Uh, My name's Geraint, as you probably all know. Uh, and today, I'm joined by just just one of my uh, co-hosts, Mr. Mikey Clark. How are you, mate? Hello, boyo. How are we?
0: Not too bad, my
1: friend. Why Good are you bad. wearing your Raiders shirt? You're two and zero. We are two wearing zero.
0: We are two and zero. Nice another another nice win this time on the road against the Steelers. So uh, might upset some of our Miami Dolphin fans this weekend. Some of our friends that we follow on Twitter, if the if the Raiders, they should. I'm not, no, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to jinx is, it. But this
1: is Dizzy Heights for you, isn't it? Two and
0: zero. Oh. Mate, we started six and three last season. Oh and no, then, but then, and but then what happened then? And then the wheels fell off. So um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. They've. I think the fans being back in the arena is a big part of it. I think that might make make a bit of a difference. I think it's going to make a lot of a difference for for every team and every sport this season, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it's a good start. Take week, take one game at a time, don't get too high, don't get too low, but we'll enjoy it because yeah. it doesn't normally last very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true.
1: Um, so as you can see, we're not joined by Paul, who is currently on a, on a little break with his wife celebrating their wedding anniversary, which is today. So happy 31st wedding anniversary to Paul and Joe. I hope you're having a great time. Um, so let's crack on, mate. So, magic news this week. So, we've got a little bit to get through. Uh, so, yesterday, the Magic announced they signed Admiral Schofield to the roster for training camp, which begins next Tuesday, which is the 28th of September at Amway Centre. Um, he'll likely compete for a place on the roster. Um, I believe he'll probably be competing for one of those two-way contracts um, with Brisdikis signed for one of them. So, we will be part of a 20-man contract. Um, Play a pool, just fighting out for that last couple of places. Um He's been given the number twenty-five, Mikey. Which, as you know, for me, that's a sore subject. Twenty-five belongs to Nick Anderson. I mean, but um, I know it's your 25
0: wear... tonight. For, uh, Is that a Sco- Schofield jersey, mate, I've already bought my Admiral Schofield jersey. No, you know, <laughs> I'm probably one of the. I'm probably. One person in the whole world that's got an Orlando Magic Wes a Wondo jersey. Um, so and the reason I'm wearing it because we've got the Hornets coming on tonight, and Wes is uh, a Hornet this season, or he is at the moment. Um, so uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a sacred number 25 until they start hanging jersey numbers in the rafters, it's just a number, and that. Do you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> not twenty five, not twenty five, uh, and it's like, not, not one. 25. I don't know. Yeah, no, exactly,
1: exactly.
0: You, you, you any, always, any, you always get a little bit touchy when it comes to twenty five, don't you? So, um,
1: I do, <laughs> I, do. I mean, we've had Chris Gatling, Chris Duhan, one do. Then we had Chase on Randall last yeah. year. now Schofield. No, that's Sorry, that's Nick's number. So uh, here we go. Any any thoughts on Schofield?
0: Uh, no, I, I I honestly think uh, he might be he might be there to compete for for a two way slot. I think he's just there to make up the numbers like they usually are in training camp. I think the roster's pretty much set. I would I would I would have guessed unless there's somebody who really stands out and makes a makes a statement in summer. Uh, sorry, in training camp when that starts next week. So, um, yeah, I, I, again, he might be somebody that will end up playing for Lakeland next season in the G League. Um, so the magic can get another good look at him, and then they can hopefully send him to the G League and keep them within their little bubble and develop him. So, yeah, but I, I don't think he's—I don't think he's really got a shot at making the roster, um, especially after we signed. Um, oh, his name's gone now. Who did we sign last week? Etwan Moore. Etwan Moore. Yeah, there we go. So I, I think when you're signing veterans like that to fill out those last couple of roster spots and. You're going to have MCW to come back when he's back from his injury. Um, Yeah, I I don't expect any sort of major moves outside of it. What do you think?
1: No, like I said, he's competing for a two way slot. Um, It's pretty much set, isn't it? So, um, yeah, making the numbers up, unfortunately, for him. But you never know, never know. And
0: and the other thing, sorry, and the other thing when it comes to players being invited to training camp. One of them might somebody might perform really well on a roster, and and a slot opens up on another team, and and they end up going and signing a deal with another team for the season. So it, they're not just competing for a spot with the magic. They're they're competing. It's it's a it's an interview almost, isn't it, in front of the entire league? So um, yeah, hmm. they've got to go out and perform regardless of whether they think they're going to make this roster or not. They might have a chance ending up on another NBA roster.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so yesterday, uh Magic fan favorite, get your get your tissues ready, guys. Mr. JJ Reddick <laughs> announced his retirement uh from the game of basketball, having played fifteen seasons in the league. Uh he was a fan favorite in Orlando, having been drafted by the Magic back in two thousand and six, uh, with the eleventh overall pick out of Duke and playing seven seasons in the City Beautiful. Um, I know you're a big fan, Mikey, because you've named your cat after JJ, haven't you?
0: It's not actually my cat and I didn't actually name him, but he's called JJ. Um yeah, I, I should've I shouldn't have said that bit. But um <laughs> no. Um oh, so yeah. I, I'll be I haven't even seen the video yet. So I haven't even watched watched the the full. What was it a five ten minute video? Five of him. six
1: six six minute clip. Yeah, no, I haven't it. even
0: got around to watching it yet. But he's he's had a great career. I think we all would have. I think we would have all loved to have seen him maybe come back for one more season and finish his career with the magic and maybe help some of these younger players. Um, but obviously, he's he's called it a day. So, that's any that.
1: standout memories for you? From you know watching JJ because you've been a fan for
0: the whole part of yeah. his career, yeah. Um, obviously, he was part of the team that went to the finals, so he, he's always going to have a, a bit of a special bond with the Orlando because of of going that far with us. Um, yeah, I can't really think of any of them on top of my edge.
1: <laughs> well, it was a, a playoff series against Boston. stands out for me when he was put in the lineup and he, he chased uh, Ray Allen round, um, uh, and he I think he kept Ray Allen to about twenty percent field goal percentage in the series, and uh, yeah. I think we beat beat them in, that's six or seven. I can't remember now. Um, seven. I think it was in seven, wasn't it? Because we yeah. beat them in Boston. So that's, uh, right. that's kind of to- topical for today's pod. I think. Um, but I mean, JJ's been, you know, like I said, a fan favourite um, and we've rooted for him even if he's, you know, been on the Clippers, been on the Sixers, uh, even, you know, the Pelicans and the Mavericks the last two seasons. Um, he's just one of those guys you just want to see do well. And we got the chance to see him, didn't we, in um, in London, playing yeah. for Philly. And of course, naturally, we, we wanted Philly to win that game. And uh, Myself, uh, you, my wife and your wife, we all rocked up in magic JJ Reddick jerseys, didn't we?
0: Yeah. And that's when we uh, that's met John Amici before the game at, at TGI and he came out and said hello. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good night, wasn't it? Um, it was. Yeah, we had a little little JJ fan club going on for the London game. <laughs> it was good times. Good times.
1: We did. We did. I can't remember who won that game. I, feel, I think Philly went out, uh, came out of the gate but then lost it at the end, yeah. if I remember rightly. I was probably too drunk.
0: Let's be honest. <laughs> we were getting through <laughs> a few that night. And then I remember hugging, I remember run randomly drunk and hugging Philly fans in the middle of uh, the O2. <laughs> right <laughs> to the end, yeah. Right at the end. Yeah, there's some funny photos of there somewhere floating around on Twitter. We'll, we'll, we'll
1: try and dig those yeah, photos um, up.
0: Yeah, dig them up, mate. But um no, going yeah. back to JJ, I think uh, he's, had, he's had a great career. He was obviously uh, very well-known coming out of Duke. Um he struggled early in his magic career, didn't he? Sort of mm. he wasn't really getting playing time. He was coming off the bench. And then um, then he sort of established himself as a more of a role player. And then obviously that the last year or so was a bit probably wasn't the way we wanted it to finish because we we re, we hit the reset button, didn't we? We traded Dwight and he was one of the last vets left on the team that we ended up moving. Um so Yeah, and then he's bounced around. He's he's he was part of that really good Clippers team with with DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, and they just never quite got over the hump, did they? Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think his frustr. I think some of it might have been, and again, this is I haven't watched his video. I think some of it might be his frustration of. I think he was in New Orleans one day and he wanted to go to Brooklyn. And then they ended up trading him to Dallas, even though they told him, We'll, we'll move you where you want. And yeah, I think he got his fingers burnt a little bit. But hey, okay. that's, that's yep. the NBA for you, isn't it? That's
1: it. And uh, maybe a Magic Hall of Famer?
0: I think so. Yeah, down the line. I think there's probably going to be a few more people in front of him at the moment. Would you agree? But-
1: yeah, you got J- Jameer, Ido. Yeah, uh, Dennis Scott, Horace Grant.
0: Yeah, um, but he he's in that yeah. he's in that in that tier somewhere there isn't he? So
1: definitely, definitely. All right, moving <laughs> on. Um, so according to agent Wojnarowski, I can never say his name. Woj, seventy um, sixers player Ben Simmons will not report to the team for training camp next week and intends never to play for the franchise again. Uh, So that's been breaking the last sort of 24, 48 hours. Um, Even though Simmons has got four years still left on his contract, um, there's been rumours circling that, you know, um, trades may be coming. And the Magic have obviously been mentioned. you have seen it on Magic Twitter. So, Mikey, a player of his calibre becomes available. Um, You go out and get him.
0: I think you've got to think very long and hard about it. I mean, we've already had this conversation a little bit earlier on, haven't we, when we were discussing what yeah. we we're going to talk about tonight before, um, before we get the guests on. But uh, yeah, I think when it, when somebody of, of Simmons caliber, his age with the, with the, with the four years left on his contract, um, I think he's, he's, he's not somebody that's going to come around every five minutes. Um Yes, he has his drawbacks. We all know his, his struggles from, from from hitting the jump shot to his three to free throws, um, his performances in the playoff playoffs as well. But um he's he's a very, very good player. And I think people still forget that. I think they've got short memories when it comes to just highlighting last season's playoff performance. Um, but yeah there's, there's got to be a path forward. I, I'm not sure that. Again, I think it's just rumours. I don't really believe any of it. If we are linked with, with Simmons, um, I just feel we've hit the reset button now. We, we said this earlier off air. Like, I, I think if maybe Steve Clifford was still head, it co- was still head coach, and we still had an established coaching staff with enough veterans on the team that we can put around Simmons so we can be competitive, then I think it makes more sense. And then you've still got assets available that like one name I said earlier was, and I just pl- picked out of, out of fresh air was Bradley bill. Could you pair Bradley bill, re-sign Bradley bill and stick him next to Ben Simmons? Um, and that's uh, and then w- will we have enough cap space in 2 years time to then go and add another free agent to that uh, and make a make another three-headed monster in the east but your point earlier well i'll let you i'll let you make it in a second but like you said you've got to look at the landscape of the nba and how the east mm. looks at the moment is yeah. that pairing of say simmons and bradley bill is that going to stand out are we going to be good enough to compete in the east
1: yeah, it doesn't fit the timeline, does it? Unfortunately, with Aye. Brooklyn being Brooklyn um, and having all that talent on that roster, you're going to expect them to be competing now the next two, three, four seasons, unfortunately. Um, so you bring Simmons in, who's got a four year deal. Um, and yeah, he's got his problems. He can't shoot. Um, but he's, as you've made, um, have you said, mate, he's super athletic um, and, and he can get it done, uh, especially on the defensive end. Mm. But if, if you're giving up a lot of assets, just say we had to deal. I don't know, Bamba Ross, a couple of picks, and maybe a, a Cole Anthony or somebody. I don't know how much they'd want. They'd probably want the earth for him. Um, then you know, it's depleting ourselves of assets. Mm. So um, for me, it doesn't fit the timeline. Um, so it's a hard pass.
0: But I think if you're you know, trade him for somebody like Simmons, you'll change your your timeline then vastly looks very different. But like if you're trading for Ben Simmons, you're saying to your fan base, right, we want to win as soon as possible. We're not waiting five years for these young players to develop and see who becomes somebody we can really truly build around because you've gone and got that player. Um, is he of the calibre? That's going to be a real game changer and be a top 10 player. That's, that's what you've really got to weigh up, isn't it? But Again, like I said, if you're if you're training for Ben Simmons, you've got then got to go right. What's our next move? What's our next two moves? So we can put the best possible core around Ben Simmons, and go from there. And and any and any team's going to think the same, aren't they? Um, who, where do you think he's going to end up?
1: Uh, probably out west. Probably somebody like Minnesota. They'll probably change like uh, trade like D'Angelo Russell or somebody something like that with a cup. Of you know, younger players or Koji, maybe a couple of picks, uh, somewhere you know, far away from the east. But just going back to what you were saying about the, the sort of the tiers, you've got so many um teams in the east who've got you know two free stars So you've got yeah. you know, the bulls have reloaded, you've got unfortunately the heat, uh, the Celtics have got two in Tatum and Brown. Um, so i you're going to get somebody back as well who would be decent to go with Embiid. You so you've a, already got four or five teams there. I don't even mention the Bucks, the Hawks the, with Trey Young. Exactly. All they need is somebody else to come come along with him. So that's about five, six teams I'm, who are uh, already uh,
0: competing. And, and you got, did you mention Chicago? You got...
1: Yes, I mentioned Chicago. Oh, yeah. sorry,
0: I didn't hear you there. Um, you got the Hornets. I know they're not quite there yet, but I was looking through their roster doing a bit of like research before we're jumping on tonight. Like they're starting to put a really nice group of young players together there now. Obviously, Lamelo balls the, the standout player, but they're another team that maybe two or three years might be in that that next tier above that will be pushing your Atlantas and and trying to get into that top tier of the East. But they've obviously got extra moves and, and extra things they need to do. But yeah, like you said, the landscape doesn't look very promising. There's a there's a lot of uh competition for those playoff spots at the moment. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the timeline that doesn't work for us because that depends on who you've got on your roster. But like I said, and the other thing we haven't talked about was we've also just changed our coach. We've now got a rookie head coach. So you don't necessarily want to bring somebody in like Simmons and go, right, we're going to try and win now and bring in some extra players to put around him when you've got a head coach who's still trying to figure out what he wants to do. So,
1: yep.
0: yeah. Definitely. We're not in the Ben Simmons race at all. That's just... It's no. nice to think about and dream about and we can mess around. You can mess around on 2K22 and trade for him on my team and do all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? We're not in that, yeah. in that tier.
1: No. Right, before we get our guests oven, a quick uh plug for the Jalen Suggs jersey giveaway uh that we've been mentioning now for the last couple of weeks. So our friends over of official NBA store EU and fanatics are giving away an Orlando Magic Jalen Suggs jersey to one lucky winner. So a couple of things that you need to do. You need to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a comment in the episode uh, which was titled Looking at the 2021-22 schedule telling us which Magic player you're most looking forward to watching this season. Uh, The links will be in the description. Once we hit 500 followers on YouTube, um, on the channel, we'll do a prize draw for the Jalen Suggs on a future episode. Um, There's no limitations. You don't have to be in the UK. That's open to worldwide. So anyone in the US, you're more than welcome to try out uh, and fingers crossed um you you get the jersey and now we're delighted to be joined by mr james plowright uh who runs the british buzz uh, account on twitter how are you james yeah i'm doing really well how are you guys very well thank you mate um so can you just tell us a little bit about yourself how you became a hornets fan um and your account
2: yeah, so um, I've been following the Hornets now for about 15 years, obviously formerly with the Bobcats when I started following them. And I i mean, at the time, I had no idea that they were the Hornets and be- became the Bobcats. Um, but um, how I became a fan is essentially um, one of my good friends in school played basketball, started a school team. Uh, he ended up going to play Div 3 over in the States. Um, and he started a basketball team at school. And as a friend, I just got roped in. I was pretty sporty generally. And um, at the first basketball training, everyone had an NBA jersey. And I didn't have one. And I was like, well, this sucks. So in the summer, I was going (laughs) to the States. My grandma lives out in um, Alabama, in Montgomery. um, So deep south. And I went to a Reebok store. And they had two jerseys in the Reebok store. A Adam Morrison, Charlotte Bobcats jersey, which is hanging up behind me for you guys to see. Nice, Um, nice. And some guy called LeBron James for the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: Never heard of him, mate.
2: (laughs) And um, essentially, I was like, well, I, I know who LeBron James is. I know he's like the big star. You know, I'm just going to go for this random other team that I know nothing about. And let's just, you know, let's go wild. So I picked Adam Morrison Bobcat's jersey. And from there, things just snowballed from fandom to journalism, uh, a little bit back to fandom after kind of a period away. And kind of now back more kind of working from the journalist's point of view, really, rather than just... Fan, I've kind of gone between in different periods of my life and my role, really. Um, So it's not a classic kind of fan account, British underscore buzz. Um, It is very much more about kind of giving fair and honest analysis. And it's kind of been hard to be a fan account for the Charlotte franchise the last 15 years because you can't really praise much of what they've done. You know, modern history is looking a bit different, but... You know, if you look at the achievements over the span, it's a, a, what, they took Miami to seven games in the first round once. You know, that's probably the best achievement of the last 15 years of, of my team. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my, my journey to Charlotte Hornets fandom. And have you seen the, the Hornets live? Yeah, so I actually travelled over in uh, New Year's Day, the year before the pandemic shut everything down. I travelled over for the Hornets at, uh, Celtics at Hornets, it was actually Kemba Walker's homecoming game for his first time away, which we were already looking at going away for that period anyway. And I looked in the schedule and I was like, well, this is like stars aligning. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, that was awesome. Obviously Hornets got blown out by like 25 points. (laughs) It wasn't a close game, but um, I mean, it was great. Like I linked with so many people in the States for 10 plus years and I got to meet some of them, uh, people coming down saying hello to me, like during breaks in the game the hornets were really really good like they they kind of got me some behind the scenes access and i got to meet a bunch of the staff who you know i've been reading and listening to their work for 10 15 years i got to go to the press conferences for the for the coaches and players and i got to got to see Kemba as well so it was a yeah incredible once in a once in a lifetime opportunity
0: fantastic awesome. good stuff can you tell us a little bit about what you do with, at the hive James.
2: Yeah. So um, who, at the who, Hive, who? for those who don't know, um, is a SB Nation website for the Charlotte Hornets. I think the Orlando one is, is it Orlando Pinstripe? Is that the?
1: Pinstripe Post. Pinstripe Post. Yeah. Pinstripe post that was yeah. the yeah. one.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So just a, an offshoot of the SB Nation blog. And I, I write over there and I also co- uh, co-host the At the Hive live uh, podcast, which I have co-host Chase Whitney and we, we release kind of weekly podcast episodes uh, pretty much about Charlotte Hornets and, and draft when, when that rolls around as well. So, yeah, um, I kind of, I started writing again uh, after the pandemic, essentially, or during the pandemic, should I say, with more time on the hands like we all had. Um, after kind of, I, I used to, I, I found my own website years ago and I worked for a couple of different outlets in the States when I was at university. Then I started working and I had other responsibilities and I kind of stopped writing and just kind of went back to like, a, I'll just watch kind of phase uh, but yeah, over the over the pandemic, I don't know. It just kind of the bug just came back to me, and I was like, yeah, I want to I want to dive right in. And because all the Hornets media availabilities went online, um, I was able to actually get access. So you know, going to the pregame press conferences, going to media day, going to exit interviews with the GM, uh, I was able to access all of that for the first time, which. Now I'm getting access to like primary content as it happens. It's not yeah. I'm just watching the press conference a day later and regurgitating info that's already out there. And I got to ask my own questions. So that was kind of a real spur that I think is is really kind of inspired me to keep writing this time because I'm able to actually ask the questions that I want to ask, which is kind of giving me content to, to generate. So
0: that's awesome, mate. Brilliant. Good stuff. So, what we normally do to start off our like team previews. We want to know what the Hornets have done this off season. So, can you take us through it? And with what they've done, are you happy they're 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 moving in the right direction?
2: Yeah. So this this off season, I think the perception around the league was Charlotte need a centre because their centre rotation last year was Cody Zeller and Orlando Magic legend Bismack um, And... <laughs> that uh, they, they needed a centre. And essentially, everyone thought going to the off-season, it's Rashawn Holmes from the Kings, who's a free agent, or it's Bust, essentially. Like, it will be a failure of an off-season. And Charlotte kind of pivoted a different way, so they did answer the, the centre question. They they traded for Mason Pumley, um, which I don't think a lot of people were... With thrill, it's like oh, a real sexy name, Mason Plumley. Like it's not going to be, you know, changing the projection of the team, but it was a really solid pickup. And as part of that trade, as part of that trade, they also drafted JT Thor as well. So um, you know, going into the offseason, that was the focus. They answered the center position, but also actually signed another free agent in Kelly Ubre, who is like a backup. Small forward, I mean, backup for the Charlotte Hornets, he started the last couple of years for both the Suns and for the Golden State Warriors as well. Um, So kind of they were their two main like free agency additions. Um, Kelly Oubre provides much needed defensive ability and also uh, some depth behind Gordon Hayward, which if you don't know, is pretty used to getting injured. Um, so pretty essential, I think, to get a backup wing option yep. that, that can step in if that were to happen again. Um, so I think, you know, by adding depth in the wing, adding a center, which I think is an upgrade on both of the previous options, that was good. And then in the draft, they really kind of took a lot of swings. They've got four draft picks on this team. Um, so they've got James Knight, who was, I think, linked a lot to the Orlando magic in the pre-draft yeah. process. So you guys yeah. probably will have, will have watched some of that and, and heard about him. Um, He slipped all the way down to 11 and essentially the team had been planning to take Kai Jones at 11 for weeks. And all of a sudden James Bucknight slid and they ended up drafting him. And then they decided, well, actually now Kai Jones is slipping. So they traded back into the first round with the Knicks to get Kai Jones. And now they've got two first round picks, which I mean, as a Charlotte Hornets fan, like the Charlotte franchise is generally pretty passive, especially under the the Kutchak era. Like they didn't make a lot of, Aggressive trades and to trade back into the first round for another first round pick and to trade a, a conditional future first for that was quite a quite a big move from, mm. from a Charlotte point of view. Um so and on top of that, say so they got JT Thor and also drafted Scotty Lewis. So they've got four draft prospects on this team heading into next year. So they have yes, they've made some free agency additions, but are definitely still valuing the draft as a, as a team-building process. And if you look at the Charlotte Hornets team now, it's it's made up of the majority of draft picks from over the last three years, essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me, uh, me and G were talking just before we jumped on with you and I said, I- I'm really liking looking looking through the Hornets roster at the moment. They're starting to really put something together, aren't they? They're, they're still a few years away, but you can start to see a bit of a core developing there, can't you? And, and you've added... Uh, I might be the only Magic fan to own a Wazwando jersey, which I'm wearing oh, wow. for you right now. So that's um, a deep cut. That is a deep cut, bro. So, um, so yeah. So you've had it. So is he? Do you think he's gonna make? Is he gonna? Is he definitely on the roster, or is he?
2: Yeah, fringes, that's a good yeah? question. That, that's one of the hot lead, That's probably one. Of, <laughs> I've just written an article for At The Hive The 10 questions going into training camp. Yeah. One of the questions is, essentially, the Hornets have 16 guaranteed contracts on the roster at the moment. You can only have 15 spots in the NBA. Mm. So, essentially, someone's being traded or cut. And it's close. It's probably between, like, Wes Awundu, Nick Richards, and Cody Martin. Um, none of which have kind of shown in the last couple of years that they are, you know, definite rotation players. It's probably between yeah. those three, and I don't think the team know yet. I think it's going to be a we'll go into training camp and we'll see who who earns that last roster spot. So, if I had to pick right now, I'd probably have Awundu as my pick to maybe not make the roster. But essentially, it just comes down to with the they they acquired Awundu in the Devontae Graham signing trade in New Orleans. And um, it comes down to like, did they have to take on a one do for the trade to happen, or did they ask for a one do to be included in the trade because they wanted him? And if it's the latter, then I think he's like guaranteed to make the roster because you don't trade for someone just to cut him. Exactly. But if it was like part of the deal, like no, we're not giving you the first round pick, Charlotte, unless you take a one do, then I can see a, a, a potential that they're just gonna to cut him. But I mean, he's done like a. A preseason interview. Um, he's been like working out at the Hornets facility, so it's not like he's on the roster in quotation marks, and it's just like never actually going to report. He's he's there and he's going to give it a go. So um, yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in training camp.
1: If he makes the roster, James, you will like him. Uh, he, he's he's a bit like Robbie Savage in that he, you know you can't fault his effort every night. Effort, effort, effort. And he's just in in the offensive players' faces. He's got um, a good attitude,
0: doesn't he? He's got he he's has, got a good yeah. a good attitude, a good demeanor. He works hard. He's just not a very very good player. It's just mm. he's like you said, he's a fringe rotation player, maybe at best yeah. at the moment. But and,
2: and what you described there is like the same thing as Cody Martin, which you probably haven't right. seen much of. But like like yeah. tries really hard, like really aggressive defensively. Um, like probably like a shooting guard wing, and and that's why you think you look at them from a Hornets point of view now, and you're like, Well, do you need both of these guys like going forward? Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it'll mean like he's not just had not much opportunity to play. Like I thought when he got traded from Dallas to New Orleans, I was like, Oh, well, New Orleans need defense and they need like three-point shooting, and that's the idea, right? That he's a three and D wing. Um, uh, mm. problem is he just never even played for them, and you think like that team was such a car crash. Like, why didn't they give this guy an opportunity? Yeah, uh, and, and that that's like the red flag for me. Like they needed exactly what he offers in theory. So why aren't they playing him? So either that's a franchise failure or a Wundu wasn't able to give them what kind of everyone thinks they needed.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's your
1: expectation, James, for the new season? Yeah. Expectation.
2: Um, I, I look, last year before all the injuries and, people probably won't know that Charlotte Hornets were like decimated in the second half of the season. We were the fourth seed in the East after like 25 games, essentially. Um, I don't think we were ever finished fourth seed, but I think we would have been fifth or sixth. I think we would have been pretty comfortable. Um, Then literally every single person got injured. Lamelo, Hayward, PJ, Bridges at some point or another. Um, Going into this year, I think we will probably finish in and around where we were last year, if I'm being honest, um, you know, lost to Graham Malik Monk. I, I do think it's a better team, but I think the teams around us have got a lot better. Maybe not the Orlando Magic, but <laughs> but like the, the Chicago Bulls have upgraded. The Hawks really kind of took off. Um, the, the Knicks have made some good moves this this offseason as well. Um, so I, I think the teams around have probably pushed their chips in, in terms of being good this year. And Charlotte, this offseason really kind of the focus was about, yeah, we want to get better, but we also want to stay flexible, like not have loads of money committed. I mean, you flash back three years ago, we had Marvin Williams, Nick Batum, Michael Kagilchrist, Cody Zeller, all earning between like 15 and 25 million. And the team just couldn't do anything, they couldn't change. And that core just played together and was pretty uneventful for like four years in a row. Um, and I think the team don't want to do that again. So, they didn't just kind of cash everything in and spend a bunch of money this off season. They wanted to stay flexible. I don't think there's like a oh this is the playoff season yet. I think that's coming probably next year. I think this year is still very much look. We've got four rookies on the roster. Um, you know, it's not like they've been trading away their first round picks for vets. They're still focusing on player development. And that's going to be the lifeblood of the organization, as, as Coach Borrego always says. Um, so I, I still very much think it's going to be a player development year. Obviously there's veterans of like Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, but I think the team feel they need those guys to, to try and help bring along the others. The whole have everyone under the age of 23 years old thing is can lead to some, some dangerous areas, I think, in the NBA in terms of development and lack of leadership. So I still think somewhere in that like probably seven to ten range in the East, um, if they made the playoffs huge success. If they don't make the playoffs, as long as people develop and show some of the flashes, I don't think it's the end of the world yet.
0: You can kind just talk. Just listening to James talk about the Hornets, you can see a path forward for the Magic as well. It's it's very much similar of you draft the core core of young players, focus on development, and that tends to be your focus for for a few years, and then you obviously get. Your hands on somebody like Lamello who takes that up to the next level doesn't he if he can stay healthy this year it's going to be uh, massive yeah. for you um so like so look again I'm just going to backtrack a little bit looking at your core so you've obviously got Lamelo, uh, Lamello, Bridges, Hayward, Rogier, PJ Washington obviously you've added uh Plumlee to that as well you've drafted Book Booknight, TJ Thor. How what do you think about that group, not just this season, but going forwards over the next four or five years? What's like the next steps for the Hornets?
2: Yeah, I mean player development is huge and it's, it's one thing that Charlotte have done really poorly, probably in mm. my 15 years covering the team, or, or 14 really, because the last two, they've actually taken a step forward. Like all of those like veteran players you've talked about there, they've got better each year, which is something that never really used to happen. So In terms of going forward, I think, look, there is a potential clash of position with Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. Like, if we're talking long-term here, um, they're both primarily power forwards and they're both, you know, they're both going to probably afford an amount that you're not going to be able to pay both of them and have them both on the roster long-term. So, if we're thinking forward like three years, I do think it's likely one of them will move on. Miles Bridges is up for an extension potentially before this off, before the season starts. So, that news could come out of that pretty early. Um, I think, you know, Terry Rozier is very much emerged as the leader of the team. They just signed him to an extension this off season, which I think was a a really good move because I mean, a lot of people thought it was a lot of money, but going into next off season, he was probably the second best free agent after like Zach Levine of all free agents six years. So he was going to get paid by someone. um, And and he's really kind of been a, a team leader for this team. Like he organized an off season training camp in Miami, uh, this summer kind of before training camp and got all the players together. So I'm, I'm pretty positive. Like this is the most positive I've been about a Charlotte f- team in a long time. And it's strange because I have to <laughs> catch myself. Normally I just look at things being glass half empty. Like, you know, someone's going to suck and someone's not going to play. And like Lamelli Ball, like you said, is the, the chef who just makes everything else work. Like, without the LaMelo Ball, this is just another team which is like, yeah, there's some nice pieces, but, like, where's your star? Where's your all-star? How, you know, no one's ever going to go play with like a Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Tay Rozier-led team. LaMelo Ball just changes the trajectory of this team, both, like, on and off the court. And, um, yeah, probably amazing I've got this far without talking about him, but he honestly was coming off... <laughs> probably one of the best historical rookie seasons of any NBA player ever. And things are always skewed because of modern NBA and figures are always inflated because of how fast the games played and everything. But going off last year when he played, he was just unbelievably special. And it was a thrill to watch someone that young come in and just be like, it's something that Charlotte fans have dreamed of for years that you just draft that guy who all of a sudden the whole NBA is like, yeah, they're amazing. And they've they've never had that. Even Kemba Walker was like a slow burner. He wasn't like a yeah. year one, oh, he's your franchise guy. It took him a while. Charlotte have never had this before. Um, and it's, it's really exciting because I think they've got the right development environment that hopefully he's going to be able to take steps in the right direction.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think you're going back to like Glenn Rice, Alonzo Morning or something. Yeah. You? Since you've had that much of it, much excitement. But, um, here we go. Um, James Barrego. Uh, a name we know quite well, Mikey, uh, has been at the helm now for a number of seasons. How do you rate the job he's done in Charlotte the last couple of years, mate?
2: Yeah, I think JB has been a huge part of, of this. Um, I, I mean, similarly enough, you know Steve Clifford very well, which is the Charlotte escape before. So we basically just swapped, right? He um, did. Steve Clifford brought this franchise a long way from like being professional and respectable um in in the player's approach, which I think was was needed quite frankly, especially after our, our previous coaching staff. Um, what James Borrego's done really well is he's not just a coach. Like he's brought the San Antonio system, which I know is a cliche, but what I've asked him about this before. And what he means by that is it's not just looking at player development as like skill development. It is everything from like their sleeping patterns. How good are they at kind of rehabbing and stretching out? Um, like how their wider interests in politics and other wider things. Like, how can we get them to not just do SNC but understand why that's important and get them to buy into the process? And he's really kind of almost act as like a performance director, linking in all these different departments to create what you call like a holistic performance team. So it's okay. not just like the players view the different departments, like there's training over here and the physios over there. It's all connected that and that has really helped create that development environment. And they brought, you know, a couple of coaches. I think Jay Hernandez, was he with the Magic as well yeah. at the yeah. time? Yeah, he Like, was. he's over as, like, the, the player development guru guy for, for Borrego. And they've just been fantastic. with well, the way that they used the G League team, um, I know it wasn't so good last year, but before that, like, Devontae Graham, Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin have logged heavy G League minutes, and then they've come back and done well for the team. So, in terms of, like, developing young talent, he's done it better than any coach in Charlotte Hornets history. Honestly, like the, the track record he has of people getting better year to year. You look at our previous draft picks, Frank Kaminsky, Cody Zeller, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Raymond Felton, DJ Augustin. I mean, like Bismack by Umbo, Kemba Walker's the outlier, right? Kemba, you know, came from late lottery to all-star, all-NBA third-team player. Incredible. But out of all those picks, like he is the only one the rest of them have like literally dropped out of the NBA. Noah Vonley, there's another one. Um, yeah. And at some point, you think, well, oh, the Charlotte Hornets scouts just terrible. I don't think so. Like a lot of other teams would have taken those same players, the pick before or after.
0: Do you, do you think but, some of it's changed when Cutcheck took over?
2: I do. Think, yeah. I think yeah? him and Brego have created a system to develop players. And you know, you see it in in football. Like there are certain academies in the UK that develop players well. Southampton academies, you know, well renowned. Um, West Ham academy is another big one. And then there are oh, certain City. clubs that, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's others, there's others that you know you never ever hear from like developing anyone, and it's because of the environment and the culture and the performance environment within that. And I think that's what Charlotte now has. And I don't think those players would have always been busts if they'd been drafted elsewhere. They could have had success, but it's the environment put around them now which I think is enabling them to have success.
0: Yeah. So, what's the successful season this year for the Hornets? Because it's been what five, six years since you last made the playoffs. Anything yeah, I don't even, short? I don't,
2: of... I, don't, I don't even count now. Do you not? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah. Uh, look, if they made the playoffs and not just play in, but actual playoffs, yeah. that would be a huge step. Uh, they should have been playoffs this last year. They they would have been if it wasn't for injuries. Like it's just a fact, essentially. Um, but like I said, the other teams have got better, so you never know how the luck's going to go depending on who gets injured again, but uh, if they can make the playoffs, huge success, even if they scrape in as the 8th seed, that would be a step
1: forward for me. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, so you're, are you up for a bit of trivia, James? We do Always. This all of I, I love trivia. Yeah. I'm not very good,
2: but I enjoy it. So let's <laughs> do it.
1: Excellent. Right. So I don't know if you've heard our podcast before, but we basically play a little game of who's that journeyman. So essentially, all I'm going to do is I'm going to list off the teams said player has played for in order. Um, If you're really struggling, I can give you the years. So uh, I'll list the the teams off first. And then if you want the years, I can give you them. And then all you got to do is tell me who that player is. The link here is they've played for the Hornets and the Magic at some point. Okay. All right. Okay, so there's one each for you. So I'll let you go first, seeing as you're the guest. Uh, then we'll go to Mikey. And then I've got a tricky one at the end. The one I've been down a rabbit hole for, Mikey. <laughs> 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 so, James, uh, first team was the Charlotte Hornets. They moved to play for the Indiana Pacers. Then they played for, for the Toronto Raptors. Then the Chicago Bulls. Then the Detroit Pistons. There's a long list here. I'm not going to lie. There's 10 teams. After the Pistons was the, was the OKC Thunder. Then the Denver Nuggets. Followed by the Orlando Magic. Last season was the Milwaukee Bucks. Ending the season in Houston. So he is an active player. Oof. So 2008. 2000- 2007 8, I think he was drafted to your franchise.
2: Eight. Oh my gosh.
1: And he's currently an active player. And you've mentioned him already because I was thinking, oh God, he knows this one. Oh, I've mentioned him. You have mentioned him.
2: 2008.
1: A little bit of a magic legend. If Paul was here, Paul would be all over this, wouldn't he? <laughs> this Paul's favourite player. <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm really struggling here now. Uh, Oh, actually, wait. Oh, I think I got it. Uh, DJ Augustine.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Fantastic. Well done. He he was
2: like the first, that was like right at the start when I started covering like, he was like the first guy like where I tuned into the draft or I was following it like a live text update on ESPN. (laughs) And I was like, cool, we
1: signed some guy called DJ Augustine. I don't know who that is. So yeah, he he was very early. Yeah. I was just reading the um, the teams off there, and I, and I said Charlotte Hornets, didn't I? And I was thinking was yeah. Yeah, it was Charlotte Bobcats. <laughs> Called a little white lie there. There we go. <laughs> no,
2: no, that's that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's got around. Like he's yeah, he's certainly got around. He had, he had some good time in Orlando, though. He did. He yeah. did pretty well as a kind of spot starter. So
0: he struggled the first yeah. year or two, and then mm. uh, that 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 first playoff trip in 2019. That's when he really came into yeah. his own. Then yeah. Yeah. Come on then, G
1: Come on then Right on, then. You ready? Right He was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers Moved to the Milwaukee Bucks Followed by the Chicago Bulls He then went to James's franchise The Charlotte Hornets He went to the Houston Rockets And then the Orlando Magic So it's you're trying to work Okay, so Philly to begin with, Milwaukee, Chicago, Charlotte, Houston, Orlando.
0: It's not who I'm thinking of.
1: Who are you thinking of?
0: I can't tell you that. It might be be the next one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The next one is tough. Uh,
0: Any ideas, James? I've got an idea. Go for it. Okay. but I don't
2: I don't think it's right Ben Gordon
1: not Ben Gordon no, he did I, play I, I knew he went from Bulls to Charlotte
2: uh, yeah. I didn't know if he'd played for the Magic or not I just knew he'd gone from if, the Bulls to Charlotte if I told you oh I've got it i
1: got life. it I think i got it Go is it then. Tyrus Thomas nope
0: no he didn't
1: no never played for the Magic uh. he, he, So the last team I said, the Magic, he's currently an active member of the Orlando Magic. And he was drafted by Philadelphia in 2013.
0: Where am I going blank? Oh. No.
1: No? He was Rookie of the Year. Oh, Uh, MCW. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's quite an
0: easy one. It was was the Bucks that threw me out. It was a box yeah. that
1: threw me out. Yeah. Oh, well, we did um, this trivia, I think it was last week, and um, there was an MCW one in there somewhere, and it, it got me stumped when we said the number seven, didn't we? But um, yeah. it didn't make the cut because we had problems with the um, with our supplier at that time. But there we go. Right, so this one... You, <laughs> both, you Well, whatever they're called. <laughs> Riverside. Um, anyway, so the last one, So this is going back a bit, okay? But you would have both been fans when said player was playing. So uh, this guy started off right in 1991 with the Atlanta Hawks. He moved to the Pistons in 1996. He then played for the Portland Trailblazers between 97 and 2001. In 2001, he moved to the Charlotte Hornets where he spent four seasons Whilst they played in Charlotte and New Orleans, before playing for the Orlando Magic in 2004 to 2006 before retiring. Ooh. And I'll give you a bit of a clue. I think he was a bit of a defensive specialist. a wing. Oh four, oh six, magic. Yeah, mm,
2: I'm. I'm doing. I'm going to be much helped you here because my my like Hornets history knowledge is poor. Um, so I'm thinking back to two thousand and one time. I'm. I'm going to be. You, you, you're on your own here. I think, Mikey, mate.
0: Cheers, Ben. Appreciate that. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I can give you more clues if you come want. On. His middle name is Orlando. Hey, how cool is that? His middle name is Orlando. Like my son. He was also known as the Plastic Man.
0: No. It's a lot of silence no? from both no. of us here. Yeah, I wish
1: no? we'd Listen. I think, he, I think he wore number two. And I might offend a few people here, but I think he's got a bit of a girl's first name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I... I cannot help you. But no. Oh. Said so my my up? hornets my, anything from like oh it's 7 onwards for the horn like bobcats and hornets I'm all in but before that I'm yeah. I'm struggling.
1: No you did hey. well on, on your Riverwood mate no. you did well. Right I'll I'll put you out of Go your for misery. It. Go People might be screaming at the radio or whatever they're listening to. Stacy Orlando Ogden.
2: Stacey Ogden.
1: Yeah, but that was that was a tough one. That was a really tough one. I just saw his name was Orlando, and I was like, right, I've got to put that in. That went in. <laughs> he played for both franchises, so um, so yeah. Um, James, it's been brilliant having you on. been very insightful. Uh, we'll have to have our, you on again, mate, when we play the, the Hornets in the regular season. Um, but if you want to just do a quick plug to uh, where people can find you on the socials yeah so
2: all my stuff's on twitter um I, I feel like i came before the instagram generation um so i'm at british underscore buzz um you can find any any hornets musings there I also do a lot of draft stuff around draft time which i think could be pretty relevant for orlando fans for the next couple of years <laughs> i think um so do a lot of rankings and. and yeah podcasts and that and stuff so we're following kind of round draft time um, and then also find my work on, on atthehive.com and if for whatever reason your fans want to stumble onto some Charlotte Hornets podcasts if you search search for At The Hive Live on your podcast feed you'll, you'll find me in there we're we're just coming back after a bit of an off-season break next week actually so yeah looking forward to getting back to doing my own podcast as well but um, no thanks for having me on guys that was uh, re- really fun and uh, yeah looking forward to Looking forward to seeing the Orlando team this year. I feel like I've not seen half of the roster for a number because of, of injuries. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, looking forward to seeing them. Looking forward to seeing Suggs and Wagner as well. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be look. I as a Charlotte fan who's had to watch many a rebuilding team. Um, it, there, it's like I still find it exciting looking looking at a team like Orlando going into this year. So um, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one. Awesome. Cool.
1: Uh well, thank you very much, mate. Right, and now we're delighted to be joined by Mr. Boston Celtics UK, Mr. Nate Mundy, also known as the Boston Brit. How are you, Nate?
3: Man, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. A bit, a bit tired, but that is life. How are you boys? All
1: good, Very mate. well, thank you, all mate. Good. Yeah, all good. Um, so, for, for those who don't know you, mate, can you tell us a bit about yourself, how you become a Celtics fan, uh, and tell us about your, your, your uh, Twitter account, you know, Boston Brit.
3: Yeah, so basically one of my, so, when, so we were in school, so this is what year, I think it was year eight, year nine, um, and my mate always used to go on holiday to the most luxurious places, and it, one year he went over to America, he started on the on the West Coast and then worked his way back with his family, um, and whenever either one of us used to go on holiday, he we always used to bring back a present for each other. Um, so at that time, so you know, remember the times we used to have the the Motorola Razor phone, oh, that <laughs> yes. awful slider phone, yeah, terrible. <laughs> so he had one of those, and um, he ended up at a Boston Celtics game. They 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 travelled obviously from west to east, and they watched various sports along the way. And um, he ended up recording some bits and bobs. And then when he came back, he brought me back a hat, which I should have actually got for the podcast. Actually, it's, it's in the house somewhere. <laughs> Um, I've still got it. This was from now. And that's what I was at like 2005, 2006 around that, around that time. And yeah, he came back, showed me some really pixelated, shocking videos. And obviously when you're at, when you're at school, like, you kind of follow what your mates do essentially, don't you? So he started then following them. Um, and then I started following them and then he kind of like teetered off and, you know, stuck to just watching football. Um, and I, Kind of from then on, just continue, just to progressively watch a little bit more and more, and get into it more and more.
1: Yeah, Oh no, wicked, wicked. Um, but you mentioned football there. You, of course, a Cardiff City fan. I forgot to mention that in the intro, so uh, it's nice I to are. have two Cardiff fans on the same podcast, Mikey. Mikey's got the, the a only two in on the country. Eh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, love it, love Cardiff. It's where, to be fair, it's where I met my fiance as well. So I mean, Cardiff's a very special place, and seen a couple of promotions there too so always love
1: it yeah good man well next time you're down let me
0: know when we we'll go for a beer mate definitely we'll
3: go oh, watch a well. game we'll go watch a game
0: absolutely
1: absolutely
0: so you Nathan, Mikey take us uh, take us through the Celtics off season then so what, what have they what have they done in terms of moves that have made in the draft and and trades and stuff like that have they done anything of significance that have moved the needle are you happy of what they've done
3: Right. So first off, I, I am happy with what they've done. It was a to be honest, it's been a wild off season, probably the wildest off season the Celtics have had in God knows how long, to be honest. I mean, the past few seasons, you know, the wildest element we had was getting Peyton Pritchard. And that's not, I mean, he's a great role player, but yeah, that was the most excitement we got really. But with you know, Danny Ainge's announcement of stepping down, everyone was like, Oh, well, oh man, well, what are we gonna do? Who's gonna step in? Who's gonna fill those shoes? I mean, Celtics fans were a bit on the fence with it. You know, some Celtics fans were like, yes, we're going to get change. We're, you know, we're going to move on up. Everything's going to be different. Some Celtics fans were like, you know, the older Celtics fans were a bit, oh, no, no, I don't want to get rid of Danny. Um, he's done us great. He's done us, you know, I was kind of, I was just bang in the middle. I thought it's, some days I thought, you know, we're going to get someone fresh in, fresh mind, fresh set of eyes, who's going to bring in new ideas and kind of elevate the team a little bit. And on the flip side, I was like, yeah, Danny did do a lot for us. But obviously then we then saw Brad Stevens step into the role, which, I mean,
0: I I was very
3: sceptical, very sceptical. I was like, what are we doing here? Like we could have chose numerous GMs, but, you know, we decided to promote within and I've got to say, Brad's done a very good job so far. He's done. He's done so well. He got rid of Kemba Walker's contract. Now that in itself is a massive, massive. That was a massive task, considering Kemba was crippled most of the year with his knee. How he got rid of that contract, and then obviously brought back fan favourite Al Hawford, which obviously all seventy six of fans love. But um, he he kind of started to get rid of the. I don't want to say dead wood, but he started to get. Obviously, we have got rid of Evan. Um, Evan did okay for us. Got rid of uh, Carson Edwards, which I never thought we'd be able to get rid of him for something, and we ended up doing that. Um, got Herna Gomez. That came out of nowhere. I uh, didn't expect that. I think that's a great pickup. Josh Richardson as well. Um, I think he's he's a good pickup too. And obviously, we we signed Dunn and then lost him again but we've done we we've, we've done some really good things this off season. I am I'm I'm happy. I don't know whatever Celtics fans are going to say. All Celtics fans like Bradley Bill? And I find that the strangest thing that the Wizards because he's going to leave next year 100%. He's not going to stay there. So if you're a, if you're if you're a, if you're in the Wizards camp, you're going to be like, right, well, let's try and get something for him. But no, he's going to walk. I can I can I'm going to say it now, he's going to walk straight into the Celtics next year.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Bold prediction. Yeah. Bold prediction. Yeah, he will. And-
3: he'll, 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 he'll join up with Jason Tatum. He keeps liking, he keeps doing cryptic stuff, though. He keeps liking, you know, uh, You know tweets and stuff with Boston in, when people tag him and stuff, saying, you know, with Jason and um, and, and him, things like that. He keeps liking them, just subtly thinking that you'll get away with it. But everyone, everyone finds out that
0: he's like that kind of stuff. So.
3: I reckon he's. Um,
0: I reckon he's just trolling and toying with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the other it player, ended up, you, it ended up in Brooklyn. And the other player you didn't mention as well was uh, Dennis Schroeder as well. So another yeah, solid, oh yeah, um, solid pickup as well.
3: That was to be fair. I I, I love Schroeder. Did you see his tweet the other day.
0: I didn't know. Oh, no, we don't. We don't follow him, mate. No, we Usually. don't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but to be fair I'm surprised that I like him to be honest because I mean we could do a whole podcast episode Gerard, on your hate for the Celtics and Lakers mate yeah, I mean your,
1: heat. your tweets
3: well your tweets every week mate honestly I, I never, whenever it's a Celtics Orlando game or a Celtics Lakers game instantly go to your Twitter to see how you've uh, tweeted throughout the night or or, this, or before just to uh, see your absolute hate for it honestly you could put a Netflix documentary on that
1: Yeah,
3: we could do. We could could (laughs) do. But no, um, yeah, Schroeder, obviously his tweet, he um, he put out that he put himself in between his two, uh, I think he he was sat between a Lamborghini and his four by four, wherever it was. And he put uh, best caption wins. It's something to do with like, you know, drop uh, drop the bag or something like that. Um, Best comment wins. Uh, I think it was a jersey. He gave away something. I can't remember what he did, but uh, uh, he trolled himself for dropping the bag. So that, that went down, yeah. that went down well with Celtics fans, so.
1: Yeah, cool. So, what are your expectations for the new season, mate? You know, given that you know a lot of teams have made significant moves, like Chicago, etc.
3: I mean, the East has got a lot stronger. The East has got a lot stronger. Um, like you said, one being the Bulls. Obviously, the Nets are an absolute powerhouse. Uh, Milwaukee. Um, I think the only thing that frustrates me about Milwaukee is Jeff Teague won a chip. Jeff Teague <laughs> won a chip. That is the worst championship winner. <laughs> I was so glad when we got rid of him. Now he's a champion. Absolutely ludicrous. But um, no, I, I, think, I think the East is going to be a lot harder. I'd, I'd want to place the Celtics about, I'd like to say fifth. I'd like to say fifth. Um, realistically because um, you're going to have like I said you've got Milwaukee you've got Brooklyn you've got Chicago going to be up there in the mix Atlanta I'm going to be in Miami um, see I don't I don't rate Miami but everyone does so I don't think Miami is going to be a problem but they are going to be up there as well um, It's Um yeah I think like I said the East has just got a whole lot better unfortunately for you Orlando fans that's not good news for you is it <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's all right. It's all good. No, it's all right, mate. We, all we've right. hit the reset we've button. Rebuilt. How how close do you think the Celtics are from getting back up into that upper echelon in the East of of competing with Brooklyn and Milwaukee?
3: Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to compete with Brooklyn for a while because you look you look at it, KD, Harden, Kyrie, unless unless you're bringing in a few more superstars. Obviously, we've got Jason Tatum and. Absolutely love Jason Tame. Um, I think every Celtics fan does. And I think he's got an incredibly high ceiling. Um, and I just hope he maintains that. Jalen Brown as well. I'm glad we kept him because there was obviously always talks with him and um, moving on. And you obviously, you, mentioned, talk to them.
0: you mm. mentioned Bradley Bill, didn't you? So if you yeah. added Bradley Bill to the mix, do you think that's enough to put you up in that, up in that next tier up?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think I think with Bradley Beal, if we were to go, like I said, we fifth at the moment. I would put us around fifth, fourth fifth. I'd say that would probably bump us up to. You know, I think that'll bump us up above. I'd like to say bump us up above Milwaukee, and I'd yeah. like to say that would bump us up above um, uh, Philadelphia as well. So obviously, Philadelphia have just lost Simmons. Loads of talk with Simmons going on at the moment. Loads of like Celtics talk as well in terms of trying to trying to get him. I was just like, well, the Philadelphia 76ers, if we were to get Simmons, um, never going to happen. I don't realistically for a player like that, if he was to come in, if you had a core of, I'm just thinking out loud here, Tatum, Brown, Simmons, just defense for Simmons. No way in hell are we letting him have the ball for shooting, <laughs> but, um, or free throws. So we've just got to make sure he doesn't have the ball in the dying seconds of games. But, um, yeah, I think if we could get that kind of calibre of... De- we've always lacked defence. For the past three or four years, we've always lacked someone who um, has kind of brought that... The only person that's brought that defence is Marcus Smart. smart and obviously, smart, we've yeah. re-signed him to a you know, four-year, £77 million deal. And I think most Celtics fans were super happy about that because there was loads of rumours about Brad and Marcus's relationship being a bit rocky, but you know, it's worked out well for us. And obviously Robert Williams as well. Um, I think he's going to be, if he can keep out of the injury, uh, keep his injury plagues down, uh, he'll, he'll be a great center in in, in the NBA as well. And obviously he's got Al Horford to learn off now. So, but going back to your question, if we get Bradley Bill, it will take us up that extra level, I think.
0: And, uh, how how worried were you because there was some strong rumors around the trade deadline last year that Marcus Smart was going to Orlando in a deal, and uh, Garrett Ger- was a bit like, "No, I don't want him. I don't want him on the Magic." Do I Why ya? would you not want him? No. He, he I, I brings, agree, with Nathan. I agree. I he, agree he with him. A, he's
1: with a dog. He's a in. dog. I don't know. I just I never liked him. He's just <laughs> one of those guys, you know, that you just don't like. He's one, on players, he's one of those players. He's
3: one of those players. If you had, if you had him on your team,
1: you'll like love him. Robbie Savage, i mentioned this already on on the podcast. Yeah. Robbie Savage, like,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: So that's so, I mean. You would, you would love to have because he is. He's an absolute animal. Like he, he's, um, he's been kind of a, at the moment where he's, You see his tweet. Obviously, you haven't seen his tweet because you're Orlando fans. But he, he tweeted the other day. It doesn't take much to play good defense, and it got so much hate. Um, but arguably, it's just like it doesn't. It just takes a bit of heart and a bit of determination and and willingness. That's about it, really. So, but yeah, we were so glad Marcus didn't move anywhere. Um, yeah, so I was, I, we were we were nervous. We were nervous. <laughs> know, what was the deal? What was the deal going to be again? I can't remember. There was
1: rumours. It, um, it, it was. It was Fournier, wasn't it? Fournier was of
0: part. Of, it? No, I think Fournier was part. Of, I genuinely can't remember what it was. Now was it Ag and Fournier? You were after AG. Before he yeah, got down the down. I think there was I AG.
1: think there was a pick
3: there was a couple of pick we wanted like two first round picks or something. It was something stupid as well. We wanted something stupid from you. Um
1: Yeah.
3: We're I'm not, not sure is nonsense. Scrolls.
0: I'm not yeah. sure it was ever really on the cards, but it, it did seem quite a um a strong rumour. So you obviously uh picked up Ime Yudoka. I've said that right, haven't I? You have. What are you expecting from him as your new head coach this year?
3: So the one thing that he emphasized on his one of his first press conferences was, was team ball. Now, like I said, you, you guys are never going to go back and watch any Celtics games, but for any Celtics fans listening to an Orlando Magic podcast,
1: we'll watch we'll uh, watch four, mate, a
3: season. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, those four, if you watch those four, even though you know we've got a six win streak on you at the moment, we won't talk about that. But um he <laughs> he said that we've, you know. If you look at the team ball that we were playing last year, everything was running through Jason Tatum. Now, I don't expect that to change so much, but, you know, Imi's uh, philosophy is team basketball. So we can expect the ball to be moved around a lot more, creating, you know, more open looks, not taking stupid shots, which we were having to last year because we had no creativity. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I expect this year. You, you know, every Celtics fan should be expecting you know, uh, quicker offence, uh, str- you know, stronger defence and just quick basketball, just quick transition, because um, that's kind of what he's all about, really. And obviously he's learned from the best in in, in Greg Popovich. So you can't, yeah, I think we're, we're all excited to see what he can do.
1: Cool. So you've had the pleasure of appearing on the uh, Celtics pregame show with uh, Brian Scalabrini. Yeah. Uh and you've obviously met the team in London when they were over for the games. Mikey and I spoke about that a bit earlier because we were all wearing JJ Reddick jerseys for the Philly. Uh, you were playing Philly, weren't you? When we, we were, were, we were Philly, supporting yeah. J, yeah, we were supporting JJ in Philly. Um, so, tell us what was the experience like for you to appear on on the show with Scal and uh, you know your interactions with the team.
3: So I'll start. I'll start with the. Uh... I'll start with meeting the team first because that's how it all kind of all kind of started. So, yeah. um, when I came over to London, so me and my friends, we, we'd already stayed in that hotel, so I knew what hotel they were in when they all started posting. So I thought, oh, you know what, I'll go down there the next day, see if I can get Kyrie to sign my uh, jersey, stalker. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, see so if we can go down there and see, see if I can meet some of the guys. So I went down there and just stood outside and met Scal because um, he, he was already he was stood outside. Calling my Kyrie jersey a fake, like he does, because he's an absolute uh, nutter. And then started to, the guys started to come out, started to meet and start to talk to them. And then I met one of you know I'm really good friends with him now, but he's moved on from the Celtics. He works for the, um, the Houston Astros in baseball. But his name's uh, Alex Herko. He used to do like the video videography and photography for the for the, for the team. And he said to me, "Look, would you be interested in uh, being interviewed?" And I was like, yeah, absolutely. That'd be cool. So got to go in there on the way into the hotel. Obviously met Kyrie and got to shake his hand and met a couple of other players walking past, et cetera. And they did a piece on me and they called it the foreign fanatic. I think it was called. And they posted it all over um, their social channels and, you know, Celtics.com and things. And they said, look, if you ever come over to Boston, uh, let us know and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kind of sort you out kind of thing. So uh, went over there and got to sit courtside for the last game of the season against the Brooklyn Nets. This is when the Nets were terrible, though. But still, got yeah. floor seats and uh, got to The stand good here. old days, eh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I uh, got to stand on the court and things and got to interact with people. I mean, the whole organization's as much as you hate them, Geraint, they are they're an awesome organisation. They really are. Oh, they, they, fair they, they, play they if they look after now. you, mate. And then obviously with the TV stuff, um, live TV is no joke, I will tell you that. Live TV is no joke. I was sweating. I, I had a hoodie on and I dared to take it off because the sweat patches would <laughs> be absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I was so nervous. And it, it's weird. It's a weird sensation because they sit you down and put the microphone on. You can hear so many people talking in your head. And um, they're like, right, we're going to go live in five, blah, blah, blah. And I just sat there and I just stared at the woman and I was just like, what do I do? What do I look kind of thing? And then as it started... It just it just felt it felt natural, felt really weird. It's like talking to a like you would talk to your mates. Um, but then afterwards I asked, you know, how many people would watch this and when she said it was uh, you know, hundreds and thousands of people, that's when I was like, right, well, lucky lucky you didn't tell me that before because I would have absolutely dropped a clanger in my boxes. That's a hundred percent. But no, it was awesome. It was, really, it was really, really good. And hopefully when I go back over there for KG's jersey retirement, um, I'll get to uh, have a chat with KG.
0: Fingers crossed, quality. mate. That'll be quality. So, yeah, be really- so just going back to this season and wrap up then, so what's the successful season for Boston this year?
3: A successful season for Boston. Definitely make the playoffs. I would say, realistically, well, realistically, I would say Eastern... Eastern semi-finals um, I'd love to say Eastern conference finals at least but um, I would be happy with Imi coming in and the, all the new additions I'd be happy with conference semis Excellent cool. We're the most brilliant. realistic Celtics fan you're going to talk to to be honest because everyone's going to say we're going to win the <laughs> 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 No,
1: That's just Rich Barrett isn't it I'm only joking Rich um, Here we go Thank you very much for your time, Nath. Uh It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, do you fancy doing a little bit of trivia?
3: Right. Well, we can, we can give it a go. Okay. So I, I, I can't even remember It'll my fiance's teammate.
1: birthday.
3: I can't remember my fiance's birthday, let alone <laughs> Celtic's trivia. But we'll give, we'll give it a crack.
1: Okay. I've got a couple because... So we're going to continue with the theme that I've been doing uh, the last couple uh, and we've just done with James from the Hornets. So essentially it's called, who's that player? So I'm going to tell you who the uh, the teams they played for, and then you're going to just try and guess uh, who the player is. So I'll, I'll go to is this Nate.
3: Is this current team or is this just all time?
1: This is, it can be all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a nice easy That's... one to start you off because I've got quite a few here. So we'll try and reel off as many as we can. So uh, this player started his career in Denver. He moved to the Orlando Magic. He was then traded to Boston. And now is with the New York Knicks.
3: Evan Fournier.
1: That would be correct. Well done. You a little right. ding ding when you get it right. Oh, Mike will <laughs> do the editing afterwards. Maybe you will check that in. <laughs> um, right, let's go with uh, one for young Michael in the corner there. Right, so Boston, Orlando, and then the LA Clippers.
0: That's dirty, isn't it? Didn't <laughs> this, is a, this is a running joke this one Nate. is it it's Mr joke. Big Baby Glenn Davis
1: it is Big Baby Glenn Davis I had to give it to you mate because Mikey's probably the only person in the whole world to own a Glenn Big Baby Davis magic jersey
0: <laughs> which he no longer has do you know what? so we, we've brought this up on the podcast before I remember years ago and it was only a couple of years after I bought that jersey so it would have been about 2014 I reckon and I went to watch the Globetrotters in Cardiff right and I was wearing my white magic Glen Davis jersey because it was the only current player we still had on the roster that was any sort of worth anything of any value and uh, and I even got pointed at and laughed at I've never told you that bit though but uh, Yeah, yeah that was me (laughs) And I I think I just told him I was like yeah that's just my surname just to sort of make it up it was actually Glenn Davis but there we go
1: Jesus there we go there we go right um, let's go with Nate right I'm going to give you the years here mate just because it's going back a little bit okay okay started with the Orlando Magic in 1992 right don't panic he moved to the Los Angeles Lakers your favourite team He then played for the Miami Heat, followed by the Phoenix Suns, then the Cleveland Cavaliers before finishing his career with Boston in 2011.
3: So go through those teams quickly again.
1: Orlando in 92, the Lakers in 96, the Miami Heat in 04, the Phoenix Suns in 08, the Cleveland Cavaliers in 09, Hello. And the Boston Celtics in twenty ten.
3: It's gotta be Shaq, right?
1: Yeah, and the big Shamrock. Ding ding ding. <laughs> yeah. Well done, mate. Well done. Right. Um and he it.
3: Jesus Christ. I like, I should have put a tie on. It's like who wants to be a millionaire,
1: <laughs> isn't it? It's all? <laughs> all those viewers, mate, you know. Mikey didn't tell you there's thousands and thousands of listeners. Anyway, um, right, Mikey. Um, right. Started with the New Orleans Hornets in 05. Moved to the Dallas Mavericks. Then to the Orlando Magic. Then to the Boston Celtics. Followed by the Los Angeles Lakers. The, and then finishing his career with the LA Clippers. The better team in Los Angeles.
0: Go through the first few again
1: the New Orleans Hornets. Dallas Mavericks. The Magic the Celtics, the yellow team and the Clippers. Do you want a clue? Yeah, go on then. He may have been traded with a player that we mentioned earlier in your first part of the quiz.
0: First part of the quiz.
1: Yeah, so what was your answer? Glenn Davis. Who was Glenn Davis traded for?
0: Oh, Brandon Bass. Brandon Bass. Brandon Bass.
1: Yeah. Right. I've got two more very quick ones. One's, I'd say, easy. One's difficult. So, you know, no pressure. So, this next one. The college team was the University of Central Florida. He then played for the Boston Celtics. And this season moved to the Cleveland Cavaliers. As in, the, the season coming up
3: said Oh, my God.
1: So he was on the Celtic last year, Nate. Taco. <laughs> Taco Fall, Yeah. And the very last um, Orlando and Boston link player I've got for this trivia, for those who um, go back a little bit. So this player started his career in Boston in 1997, moved to Denver in 1999, played for the Magic in 2000, signed for the Chicago Bulls, then played for the Indiana Pacers in 02, the San Antonio Spurs in 03, followed by the New Jersey Nets in 04 before retiring. And a clue for Magic fans, he only played like from the trade deadline until the end of the season in the Heart and Hustle team. Cool he was drafted by the Celtics with pick six in the 1997 draft. I thought this guy was quality, but 1990s. he was a shooting guard. I believe he went to Kentucky, but I can't quite remember.
0: People are,
1: shouting, people are shouting out the answer, guys.
3: Definitely. Oh, <laughs> Mine's gone blank. Give us, a, give us a clue. Give us a clue. You say '96. He was drafted '96. Nineteen
1: ninety-seven with pick. 97. Six. pick so I six believe that say. year. I think that year that the Celtics drafted Chauncey Billups and this guy. If I remember rightly, they definitely had two picks that draft because it was the first season I started supporting. I watching the Magic and um, yeah. the Celtics were very good, which was brilliant.
0: Um just reel off the teams again G. So start with Boston.
1: Boston Dallas. 97, Denver 99, Denver. the Magic 2000, the Bulls 2000 the off season until 02, the Indiana Pacers in 02 until 03, the Spurs from 03 until 04 and then the New Jersey Nets 04 until 05. Ah oh. Who is it? Shall I, uh, I put you out of your misery? Yeah, do it. I'll tell you his initials. R-N. <laughs>
0: That's not
1: helping either. No, no. <laughs> might be helping people at home or in the car or whatever
0: they do and listen to us.
3: Oh, man. This is a... Uh...
0: I know, because I know... The only one I, I know can think Michael... of is Ron... I know, yeah, been,
1: Ron Mercer. Yeah, Ron, Ron Mercer. Oh, Ron Mercer. Ron, oh. <laughs> well done. I that I was right down the rabbit hole, mate.
3: I was. Oh man, because because I think we picked Chauncey third, didn't we?
1: And then Mercer sixth. Or, yeah, yeah, Mercer. Sixth. Yeah, it was,
3: it was. Yeah, it was Bill, Billup's third, and then Mercer sixth. Yeah.
1: Yeah, to go along with Antoine Walker. That was it. So.
3: Oh, I remember. It. Oh, cool.
1: I've, I've let so, so-, so- fans down. So right, we got it. Out no, of the mate, way. don't worry. <laughs> we got it out of the way. Don't worry, mate. Don't worry. All good. Um, so, Nate, uh, thank you ever so much for coming on and spending some time with us. It's Been very insightful. So, uh, can you just do a little quick socials plug for yourself? Yeah, people so can find you.
3: If uh, any Orlando fans want to follow me, it's not really going to happen, is it? But anyway, it's at uh, the Boston Brit <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. And you know, I'm going to start this year. I'm starting to do a little bit more with NBA 2K as well. So I'm going to be streaming a lot and doing some YouTube content. And also, um, for the people that do follow me, know that I do uh, loads of graphic design. So I am going to be doing tutorials uh, on you know how how I do my certain graphics, just to kind of help the uh, community out a little bit. See if I can get everyone involved in doing some graphics and etc. Cetera, et cetera.
1: Awesome. Thank you ever so much. So, um, as always, thanks for listening to the show. You can find all the latest magic news by visiting our website at orlandomagicuk.com, our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages at Orlando Magic UK. Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and visit our affiliate links for 10% off your order at NBAU with the code MAGICUK10. Uh, Some exclusions do apply, but until next time, go magic!